Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rule of Two. I know it's been a long time, but we are back with another episode. I am Chris, and I am here with Clarissa. You may know her from Tom Talk. If you don't, I advise you check it out. Today, we're just going to go right into it. We're going to be discussing the book of Boba Fett. Um, new series, newest series for Disney Star Wars. And uh, Clarissa, what you, would you think of it? All right, jumping right in. I I got to tell you, I didn't have the highest of expectations for this show, only upon learning that the show was going to even happen. I was a, a bit hesitant, only because I thought there wasn't a whole lot they could really do with Boba Fett. Uh, he's a beloved character from the original trilogy, and we were very excited to see him in Mandalorian when he came out. That was pretty awesome to see. But knowing they were going to do an entire series, I couldn't imagine what they could do. So I didn't have like really high expectations or even like a wish list of things I wanted to see happen in the show. But I got to tell you, I loved it. I know um, many others disagree, but I was really taken aback by the show and surprised by what they ended up doing. Even just with the first episode, I was reeled in really quickly. I loved the callback scenes. I just thought it was really amazing what they did. And I'm not the biggest fan of fan service. I, I love it where we can get it, but when it's overdone, it just seems like they're banking on nostalgia. But in this case, they kind of did it in, in a perfect amount. And so I gotta say, I loved it. I really did. I agree. I mean, going into it, I. I had no idea what to expect. Like, you saw at the end of The Mandalorian that it was coming out, but it's like, what What more can you do with this story and this character? And again, it was great that they brought him back for Mandalorian. Really cool, but yeah, it's just that character that you've seen him for a couple minutes in the originals, and they brought him back from Mandalorian for a bit, and it was really cool, really great. And then he gets his own series, and it's like, well what now you know but yeah i mean from the beginning it kind of hits you with these flashbacks like the sarlacc pit and him escaping the sarlacc pit you know like that is for me and i know a lot of star wars fans that's what everybody wanted to see and what they wanted answered was how he escaped you know like and so be able to see that right in the beginning it's just that blew my mind right off the bat so that got me drawn into the series from the first couple of minutes of watching. I I have to be honest, I didn't even think we'd get that. I didn't even think yeah, we'd no. get a Sarlacc pit shot. To, for them to not so much heavily reply on flashbacks, uh, rely on flashbacks, but to use them in the, gr the degree that they did, I think really worked. Um, we got Camino, we got Geonosis, we got really great little flashbacks from the beginning, but not enough, not so many flashbacks that, it the whole episode depended on it it was just very minimal a little sprinkle of fan service enough to get us really excited and real listen to this story so i think episode one was they really did a great job and robert robert rodriguez directing that um couldn't have been a better fit the man who's just as obsessed with boba fett as the rest of us are was the way to go so it was pretty smart <laughs> yeah clearly he um did a great job showing or introducing him to the series but yeah I mean I think they did um, the right balance of flashbacks because you don't want it rely just on his past and stuff like you want to you want to know what this upcoming story is going to be him being the new Damio of Moss Espa and how that's gonna turn out with Jabba gone now and you know you want you want to see that going forward in that story so I think it was a nice transition of yeah, you could call it fan service, but I think it was, you know, I think everyone wanted to see that. So. It's nice to have the gaps filled in of his story. Uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. They went the route of him being brought, not so much brought in by the Tuscan Raiders, because at first he was a prisoner, but in time, him gaining, gaining their respect and him learning their ways. And obviously his time was spent with them. And that's how he, 
not so much learn to fight, but learn the, their way of fighting and their style and their uh, tradition and what they find sacred. So we have like that robing, very sacred robing scene, you know, a couple of episodes in and him being able to shape his like staff and all that was really interesting. And I think it resonates with the actor uh, and as somebody of an indigenous culture, he can really like put like shed light on somebody like the Tuscan Rangers who I know that I joked about it when the first episode came out that we not that Anakin in Attack of the Clones was in any way in the right for <laughs> slaughtering the Tuscan Rangers <laughs> to like get his mom back but we kind of didn't really bat an eye at it because I always saw the Tuscan Rangers as you know what yeah. they were called they're just raiders and they kind of exactly. shoot people down raid people's you know speeders or their campsites or their homes or whatever and but you realize that they are they were the first people there on tatooine like in the sands there by the time that it all dried out and mm -hmm. they were the just the first people there so it was a exactly. really nice story to the test raiders yeah you never see the the other side of it you've always seen in everything that they've been in just them being brutal but yeah you know they are the way that they are for a reason. They, that's their land that other people, you know, came onto. And it was cool to see him kind of growing with the tribe and kind of making a family almost, you know. He's always been by himself for the most part, just doing bounties and doing jobs. And it's nice to see him with the tribe and the growth on. And again, it was cool because you saw it a little bit in The Mandalorian when he came out. He had the, that staff, and he was just taking off these stormtroopers one by one with it. And it was just like, oh, my God, like, this is sick. That was just, like, a whole other side of Boba that you, you've never seen before. And with that staff, and it was, it was cool to see him making it and him learning how to use it properly in fighting. And I thought, I thought it was great. I, I enjoyed that. I mean, him, when they first captured him, it was pretty brutal. Just, you know, first of all, He's in the Sarlacc pit, so he's already messed up from that. And then they capture him. He's in the sun and the sand. He hasn't, he didn't drink anything, hasn't eaten anything. He's just being abused by these guys, you know. <laughs> and the little kids are poking him and just, you know, hitting him. So for him to go from that to gaining their trust is really awesome. I love the mention of his screen time in The Mandalorian, his reintroduction in The Mandalorian because when he fights with the staff, I remember everyone talking about it because we were all thinking the same thing. Like, what is he fighting with? What is yeah, that? Exactly. It, it looks exactly like the ones that Tuscan Raider ha yeah. Raiders have and not ma really making the connection. And now we get this great callback and origin of uh, how he earned it and how he made it himself. So it was really cool to see. Uh, not to mention later in a few episodes, episode two, episode three, by the time he's with, um, Finnick Shand showing him rescuing her it obviously it solidified and like clarified the questions we all had of those boots right in the episode yeah. of Mandalorian, and, and the Mandalorian being Boba Fett actually being him everyone figured everyone was just like yeah. that's gotta be it has to be it's gotta be Boba Fett but and then you know just them doing that episode in the beginning of him saving her and that was that was a great little flashback too that I think that really tied everything together, even though it was pretty self explanatory, but I think that was that was a good part of the show that they needed, you know, not doing too many flashbacks, but I also feel like we'll get later into it, but this story I don't think it had too much of substance for them to really focus on what was going on so I think the flashbacks were I don't want to say filler but it was nice to bring it back just because they didn't really have that much substance that's in my opinion I mean the story is these pikes are going through the Tuscan Raiders land and they're going through Moss Eisley and Moss Espa and you know dealing spice and stuff but other than that what do you really have you know they don't show more of him gaining power and control than the pikes and everything in that kind of way. So I think once the pikes were running through the land and everything and 
you see that he gets these assassins attacking them and you're like, okay, who's this from? Is it, is it Moss Espa? Is it the governor from there? Like what's going on? And you later find out it's from the huts, you know, you get, you get still family members from the huts. And um, so that was a cool, that was a cool little thing seeing them like introduced into the show. Like you see them in uh, the animated series and everything, but it was cool that they brought them in. And of course, people are carrying them when they get easily like everything in Star Wars is like they're floating on something. But you got these poor guys trying to like carry these two large like huts. It's, it's crazy. But, you know, like other than that, I feel like um, there wasn't too much of a story, really. I, I agree. Definitely. We are introduced some to some new characters and that's cool to see um Mos Espa you know we saw bits of it in the prequel movies but now it's like reestablished later on all these you know decades later to be this big city and there's different families who are running different places and uh, Boba Fett's just trying to get a hold of that he's like hey you know what I'm in charge now but it's not so much the way it used to be during the original trilogy time during Boba Fett I mean sorry during Jabba the Hutt's time yeah. even Bib Fortuna's time is you know the daimyo, he was ruling during a different generation and during a different time, and it's not the way it used to be. So Boba Fett is trying to rule out of respect versus fear, yet everyone yep. else is ruling out of fear. Exactly. So he's trying to do things traditionally, trying to do things old-fashioned way, the classic way, but the story is still as simple as it is. He's establishing himself in the area, and there seems to be you know, a dispute over land. And that's just kind of the gist of it. So definitely the flashbacks are filler, like you mentioned. Um, it doesn't feel like filler because it's a nice, you know, story for us to finally get yeah. for him. And it went with the story. It's not like it was like completely random. Like everything fit and was there for a reason. But speaking of new characters, you get, you get um, Black Chrysan... Chrysan? I keep, I keep saying his name wrong. Black Chrysanthemum. Uh, Black Chrysanthemum, yeah. Very, very huge Easter egg yes. for those who know know who he is, and a big character drop for those who are reading the reading any comics. Mm -hmm. um, has he been in a video game? I'm not sure, but I don't think so. But he was a big, big character to hint at yet another character, Doctor Afra. So a lot of people have re read those comics. If you haven't, they're really great. You got to get on those. But it's a possible hint to an expansion of another story. You never know. You never know what kind of characters are going to drop in these shows because they have so much room to explore. And I'm, I'm just happy he was there because he was just really, really cool. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people love that character. And the people that have read the comics were freaking out. I, I haven't read the comics, but I knew who he was. So when he appeared, I was just like, wow, I was not expecting that. But they they've always done a great job of that's what's cool about these series like Mandalorian and uh, the book of Boba Fett they they do a good job of introducing these characters that are from like the novels or the comics like Cobb Vanth like he's from a novel you know like he you didn't really ever think you would get him in like a series or a movie and he's become a big part of it so I just love Cobb Vanth in general <laughs> but so yeah, I mean, getting these characters that are from the book aspect of it is, it's very exciting and that does expand on even more stories and even more characters. So I, I love the fact that they're doing that and they're trying to expand and they're trying to open up the story and lead to more stories and more characters. So I think that's awesome. I mean, hopefully, and not they're not just dropping a little character in here and there right. for the sake of it. I mean, could be, could be. It could not lead to anything, but at the same time, mm -hmm. it'd be—it's really exciting for the idea that it could. He was badass, though. Yeah, there was, was no denying that he was—he was badass. He—he he made a statement. He came in. Everybody loved him. I don't think anyone had any complaints about seeing him. And I think it was a great part of the story and just very interesting. And you know, once um, he came into, um, I guess Boba's Boba's palace now, but he came in and. You know, he's in the, the tank trying to heal, and then he just rips him out and starts fighting him. It's, you know, obviously he loses at the end, but that leads to the Huts giving uh, Boba the, the Rancor, which is something else that, you know, I didn't really think <laughs> they would even touch up on. Like, 
you know, they hinted in the beginning, the early episodes of, oh, like, or maybe you fear the rancor. You know, like Fennec said that. Maybe he fears the rancor. And then he gets dropped into the pit, but, you know, there, there's no rancor. But for the Huts to bring in a rancor with Danny Trejo, like, might I add. Of all people. Oh, my God. Freaking out, obviously. Oh, that was great. But, yeah, like, that's another thing that they're bringing into it. And you obviously either Rancor and Return of the Jedi and a couple in the animated series. But other than that, they don't really touch up on it. And that's a huge part. And later, the Rancor becomes a huge part in the series. So that's another cool thing. I do have to bring up, um, just a little before getting a little precious baby Rancor, the incredible long speeder, like train, uh, chase scene with the Tuscan Raiders. Right, right. No, we didn't get just a look inside the culture and the tribe of the Tuscan Raiders, but we got some really cool characters. You know, we don't have faces, obviously, or names really to them, but I, unfortunately, I don't remember the name of the stunt woman who played that character, but she kicked all kinds of ass. She was, she, was she awesome. gave Boba Fett a run for her money, yeah. run for his money, and she was one of the leading ladies for that train heist and they really brought that down it was a really awesome sequence and just to see boba fett trying to teach them to run to ride a land speeder bike was something we didn't all know we needed it's just like a bantha i did (laughs) i it was it just caught me by surprise it was a bit shocking but also like okay yeah, yeah this right. is this is pretty awesome it's not Boba Fett being a tough guy all the time like he's mm. just it was just really funny it was an interesting sequence to get it was something I didn't know I needed and I I thought it was a lot of fun I know didn't always sit well with hardcore Boba Fett fans because he's got to be this straightforward yeah. assassin bounty hunter uh character but why not have a bit of fun? I thought exactly. it was a really great scene. And he's no longer a bounty hunter. You know, he's that's not his character anymore. That's not what he does. And he really grew with these people in this tribe. So, you know, I, I never in my days would think Boba Fett would be trying to teach Tusken Raiders how to uh, ride a speeder. But it was amazing. And it's just little stuff like that that you never think you would see in the Star Wars universe. Like all these little characters and collabs going on and meeting like you don't think that you're gonna see it and like I never thought I would see Boba Fett being a Tuscan Raider tribe and earning their respect like that's just not something you think about and that's why I think these series even if people think it's not needed or not necessary it's still fun to see it's like it's still Star Wars and still expanding the universe even if you don't enjoy it that's fine you don't you don't have to watch it but (laughs) i don't see why you got to complain about it it's giving us stuff that you don't think is going to happen speaking of things uh you don't always think are going to happen seeing tashi station if you're a Mm. deep lore star wars fan you're going to see the deleted scene of luke actually at tashi station (laughs) but in this episode in one of the episodes boba fett is going to you know beat up this biker gang but he goes into tashi station great little easter egg doesn't have to be this full blown out like name drop of where he's at but you could just know that if you know you know yes and the two characters who are sitting at the table there who are getting disrupted by this like biker gang are also luke's friend from new hope so things like that i mean it's different actors uh playing the characters but it was really cool to see and it's a little bit of sprinkle of of easter egg nothing to steal the whole show away from oba fett so i love that yeah, that was that was great as well. And and it's always fun to watch an episode and you know go on Star Wars Twitter or whatever on social media and then it's tough. It's tough to gauge everything every episode and to really focus on all these easter eggs. So you go on social media and then you see somebody being like, "Oh, that's like so and so" or like, "Oh, like he passed by this place" or like whatever. And it's just like, "Oh my god, like I didn't even notice that." So it's cool seeing the community like all get into it and really just get excited about each detail even if it's minor it's just nerds nerding out about something they're passionate about and that's always fun for me i have to say i really liked the story on how Phoenix shand was saved 
uh, from that episode of Mandalorian, Boba Fett saving her life, and she's got all these robot parts in her now, and in exchange, like, hey, just be my ally, like, hey, work with yeah. me, you know, I'm mm -hmm. gonna try, you're, you're free to go, but I don't want any money, if you want to join, join me, you can, and I, I like that Finnick Chan is on the same page as Boba Fett, all of a sudden, she's a very respectful, respected assassin, um, not saying respectful, but she, she knows what he's doing. She believes and confides in what he's doing. Doesn't think he's a fool for trying to earn respect around the place and joins him. So I really like Finnish Chan. She's has always been a really cool character since the second she was introduced. So uh, yeah. that was cool. Yeah, Fennec. Fennec has quickly gone up there to be one of my favorites. She's just, she's so sick. She's badass, <laughs> you know? She can do no wrong in my opinion. And that was cool, like, um, just showing how they became close in the duo they are and you know them getting his ship back you know slave one back and doing that little mission and everything and then he goes to the sarlacc pit because he wants to find his armor because he doesn't know that the jawas took his armor but they go back to the sarlacc pit sucks him up and <laughs> the best sound in star wars history the seismic charge oh my god <laughs> incredible they get they get add that to every episode to every movie and i'll be pleased every single time it'll never get old never never it just blows my mind and yeah the seismic charge to sarlacc pit that swallowed <laughs> up boba fett in the original trilogy like again like things you don't think you're gonna see what a way to get back it's incredible sequence Amazing. like you said them saving stealing bags save one from java's palace at the time being the fortunas him shooting down from Slave One above this bike, that biker gang, shooting them all down, and then going back to Starlight Pit to find his armor, but he doesn't. But incredible scene. You just something, something you never thought was going to happen. Yeah, and then at the end of that episode, you know, you hear the music, and everyone is pretty confident of what's <laughs> coming along and who's coming along. And this is kind of where I think it starts, the series starts to get a little controversial, but it, it introduces uh, Dinjar and Mandalorian. And um, I don't know how I feel about it. Honestly, I always love me some Din. Love Din Djarin. Love seeing Mandalorian. I, I love his story. It's just so unique and so different. But it's cool to see him as a cameo or something like that in somebody else's series. But he kind of took control and it was you know, the Din Djarin show kind of after that, which was a bummer, but that's how I view it. But introducing him, you get, you get him doing another, another bounty and you see this awesome fight scene with the Darksaber, which is another thing that they brought back and they're, do, they're doing in live action, which is amazing because it's just it's showing the story of the Mandalorian and the Darksaber and what you see in, you know, Rebels and everything. And so for them to expand on that is great. And yeah, I don't know how you feel personally about them bringing Mandalorian into it, but I enjoyed it, but maybe it was a little too much for me. I guess I didn't mind it because I'm very hyped for season three of the mandalorian and i know giving nearly two full episodes to mando in the book of boba fett series yeah. is is a lot i didn't mind it i will take you right back to my initial thought what really can they do with boba yeah. fett like how That's much of story could they mm -hmm. give him we're talking about his episodes being half flashback and half very straightforward you know, divide over the land on Mos Espa kind of story. Um, so maybe they just didn't have a lot they could give. Well, how 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 much more could they expand on a simple dispute over land story? Yeah, they had to fill it with something else. Well, why not fill it with you know a character, a beloved character who has an upcoming ep season exactly, for a series? Yeah. So I can understand where maybe the showrunners were coming from. I know it takes a lot away from Boba Fett, and people were making the jokes of of this being a very Boba Fett move. Him only having five minutes of airtime, <laughs> kind of in the back, because Boba Fett, yeah. uh, Mandalorian took over, but. Them bring kind of bring it all back in, and episode seven what worked for me. So 
I, I can see the issue, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I have no problem. I wouldn't take it back for a second because I loved what they did with Mando. Everything they did with him, I enjoyed. I loved it. Yes. And it's some of like the best Star Wars out there, in my opinion. I loved it. Like, I do. I'm not complaining about his scenes or anything. And, like, you're right. And I even mentioned it before, too. Like, there's just so much that you can do about the story that's being told about Boba Fett. But there's always that, that the part of me that it's his show, and I wish they, I guess, could have thought about something else, maybe to, like, spice up his story a little bit. Spice up. Spice, <laughs> spice up his story a little bit. But, uh... You were a spice room. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, everything everything that Mandalorian did in that was truly breathtaking and really made me emotional in a lot of ways. Even shots of location, of course, they're going to give Din Djarin these amazing locations to shoot on. Yeah. We get Glavis. Glavis is the name of this. I wouldn't call it a planet so much as a city or a station. Yeah, it seemed like a station that was this kind of built, like a ring. ring yeah. a, a beautiful, amazing. I, I know people were raving about that too, so I'm on, we're on the same boat. That was just a beautiful location. The Darksaber in any shot is beautiful. Yep. The Biscar armor just shines so perfectly. He's not in the dusty sands of Tatooine. Yeah, it looks great. It, they're beautiful shots, so... Yeah. He always gets, yeah, he did get the best shots, pretty much the best locations, like some of the best fighting scenes, the best plots, really. Like Absolutely so. best plot, because you we compare the two stories being told, Boba Fett's, to now Mando's. We have a lot more interest in whether or not Mando is considered a Mandalorian anymore. Yeah. The armor is back in. He revealed himself, you know, he took off the helmet, and the armor is just like, well, you're no longer a Mandalorian, so where do you, where do you go from there? And the stories don't compare. No, it's, it, that's true, it is <laughs> apples oranges, it's, it's, it's pretty extreme to, uh, that, but. A land dispute? <laughs> the future of the Darksaber ruler of Mandalorian. Exactly. Being a Mandalorian. Exactly. No I mean. Mm-hmm. And then after that whole dispute, he goes back to Tatooine, and, you know, he's trying to get a replacement for the Razor Crest. And do we? No. We get a, what, N1 Starfighter, a Naboo Starfighter? N1 Naboo Starfighter, certified from the Queen herself. Like, are you kidding me? A beautiful ship. Are you kidding me? Not Boba Fett having to steal back his own Slave One. I love Slave One, don't get me wrong. Slave One is iconic. Can't beat that ship, but when she pulled that out, I was just like, no way. (laughs) Like, no way. Like, really? Call back to those trilogies? Like, get out of here. It's a beautiful ship. Um just I'm just so excited for Mando it's really pulling my concentration away from Boba Fett's story I know. because how exciting it's sad it's sad it's doing that but I was loving every second of it I was I was just so engaged I was I wanted more of that story like which is sad because I'm watching the book of Boba Fett but I, I just loved watching it and another callback to that ship I saw a lot of people kind of complaining like oh well it's not a razor crest like how is he how is he going to be like a bounty hunter and like taking these bounties and stuff? I'm like, well, I feel like it's more of a transition for him. You know, like, I don't think he wants Mm -hmm. that lifestyle anymore. And, you know, as soon as I saw that little cockpit bubble where like the the droid should be, I'm like, Grogu, like right there, like have Grogu in that little bubble. It's, It's perfect. You know? So I think, I think him getting that ship is a really big transition for him. And, Going from a bounty hunter who, you know, didn't really, he only had the other Mandalorian, but he was doing his missions on his own. He didn't trust droids. And look where he is now. Look where he is now. But, and just really opening up and just, you know, loving Grogu and wanting to transition from collecting bounties to more towards that direction. I I will say I took a while to see that transition. Uh, not that he didn't transition, but for me to really put that together in my head, because I definitely thought the same thing. I'm like, well, it's not a razor crest. Like, how yeah. is he even going to do his job? How is he ever going to carry bounties around and all that? But it that makes sense. I just... 
I don't know. It de definitely had to click for me in my head that, you know what, he doesn't need the, a big ship anymore. He doesn't care to be a bounty hunter. Who knows, maybe he has interest now in being the ruler of Mandalore. All he cares really about is Grogu, so yeah. he doesn't need a ship for anything more than him and the child, so. Yeah, and I mean, I just, I think subtle things like that, too, like, they just do so perfectly when they're creating these episodes. It's like, you don't think about it in the more like in the in the moment but later on you're like wow like he no longer needs a big ship like that because like he's trying to change and like i just think it's perfectly done and very subtle subtle exactly subtle and again you don't you're watching it you're just like oh like that's the ship from phantom menace like sick but like it's kind of like why like why does he have that he's not explicit explicitly saying i'm no longer a bounty hunter yeah you put you put two and two together and thinking you're you know what he's leaving that behind he just cares for the child's safety and he's just kind of mm -hmm. gonna cruise on through but yeah. uh that was a really fun episode that first one getting him back him being challenged by ooh, paz vizsla Paz vizsla for the yeah. dark saber mm -hmm. and the fact that one of my one of my big ex biggest expectations for season three of Mandalorian was to see um, Mandalore in live action. And in this episode, it was for a split second, but we got a little callback to The Great Purge, The Night of a Thousand Years mm. on Mandalore. It's our technical first live action Mandalore. We didn't get the greatest look at it, but that was a really cool to see. And uh, a whole lot of Terminator vibes. Definitely, that definitely. Yeah. Shot. it's very promising though for again and i feel like that's the whole reason maybe why they did this show a little foreshadow it's it's great to set up what the new season for mandalorian is going to be hopefully they really dive into mandalore and the history of it because that's what i want to see i want to see you know the dark saber everything i want to <laughs> i just want to dive into the history and the lineage in it so i think that's cool for it shadow shadowing it's very promising for the new season and then you know the next episode was just more mando but probably <laughs> one of the most emotional i've been in star wars just uh i gotta say i cried from beginning to end <laughs> yeah that's yeah uh in incredible incredible imagery of luke they did such an amazing job with that actor you know i know it definitely got a lot of hate on the season finale of season two for mandalorian uh -huh. just the kind of the uh, motion capture of yeah. the actor i believe they hired they hired somebody from youtube who like after that came out in the mandalorian they uh this youtuber i forgot his name sorry but he did like a video of like him like oh like I could make it look more like Luke and I think they ended up hiring him and the it's just night and day how good it looks and it's in natural lighting like it's not any dark shadows or anything to like cover it up and to hide it and it's it literally looks like Mark Hamill from the 80s like it's insane to me. And I saw like a lot of people saying, it was like, oh, like that's not like CGI. They just got a time machine and brought Mark Hamill, for, <laughs> you know, like young Mark Hamill. It looks perfect. Yeah, like there wasn't one moment, like maybe like one split second, you saw like the actual actor because in like put some flip sequences. Yeah. In, but like in the you gotta really like pause it and like, yeah, you gotta really pause and see it. But it was perfect and it was so beautifully done and he looked great and you love seeing him in all in that all black and becoming this jedi master you know and i mean it's it's definitely a timeline that we never really get to see we jump from return of the jedi straight to force Awakens. so the mandalorian and now book of boba fett fitting that timeline that like era that gap that we never got to see is pretty exciting because we didn't get jedi master luke we maybe got a, the beginning of jedi master luke in return yeah. of the jedi but mm -hmm. never in Force Awakens. He was just already cut off in the Force. We get flashbacks yeah. of him being, you know, a Jedi Master and training at his temple. But this is prime time Jedi Master Luke, exactly. which we've never seen before. So uh, it's just incredibly emotional. 
Yeah, and I remember we were talking about that when that episode came out, and it's just, you you never really thought that you would get that story, because from the last time you see him in Return of the Jedi to Force Awakens, obviously, it's years later, so you get an older Mark Hamill, and it's exciting to see Luke back, but what happened in between? And you could get some flashbacks of him when he's training you know, like Ben Solo and everything, but there's just so much you can do making him young, but like technology advancing, you can literally get that like right after Return of the Jedi and like where where he goes from there and everything and that story. And again, like him becoming this Jedi master and, you know, them building his temple, the Jedi temple. That was pretty amazing. That was To see that being built, knowing that in the future we know it's going to be burned down and we yep. know everything that's going to happen there is going to be the birth of Kylo Ren. Yep. You know, it's it's insane to call back to already a, se- a sequel trilogy that we already know and have resonated with us already and see the beginnings of even that. And not only did they bring that up, but we got... Ahsoka Tano to explain it to us that it's going to be a temple of a new generation of Jedi. Like, when did you think you were going to see Ahsoka and Luke together? Like, and her complimenting him or, you know, making the statement that you're like your father. Uh, emotional. Uh, <laughs> that whole episode made me emotional. It was unbelievable. And again, it's just these series are just so amazing because. I feel like a lot of people don't like series like they want movies and there's too many series out. And I agree to an extent, but I feel like it gives them the ability to add these things that we never thought we would see and match these people up because you don't have a certain amount of time. Like you don't have like two hours or so, like you have episodes to do it so you can break it up better. And it's just, it gives more of an opportunity, even if it's like a short moment, just, you know, Silk is there and, talking to Luke and he's training Grogu like how crazy is like that you know like how many years ago you never thought that would be a thing but talking about it now it's just like you think about it, it's just like wow like amazing Ahsoka Luke training Grogu like at Luke's temple at Jedi Luke's temple, temple being built and amazing with R2 chilling there you know like what is it it blows my mind and that's what I enjoy about these series. That's that's my that's the most rewarding thing for me watching this. They're expanding everything and it's beyond what we could have even imagined we wanted. Honestly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then towards the end of the episode it gets challenging because you know Din gives Ahsoka Grogu's gift that the armor made for him out of his spear that he had and later on you get Luke after he's training Grogu, he's like, you have to pick one, you know. Yo, I have Yoda's lightsaber. Yoda's <laughs> lightsaber. What? I thought, I thought that, like, if anything, like, Grogu was to become a Jedi, that, you know, he would make his own, and maybe they would have shown that somewhere. Mm-hmm. But he's got, he's got Yoda's lightsaber. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, my, my jaw dropped, and then he's just like, Or you have, like, the armor, like, so you have to choose between one. And then, like, you don't know what his answer is yet. So you're like, oh, my God, like, what is he going to do? I really didn't know which one. I didn't know either. Yeah, I'm hoping for one way that he'd be with Mando. But at the same time, he should follow should follow Luke. He's strong with the Force. He He could be a Jedi. He could be a great, like, Jedi Knight. I mean... Which way could he have possibly gone, and what is better for Grogu? Exactly. And I love I love Mando and Grogu together. I, I do, and I love seeing them together. And I, I I was pretty certain that after the last season of The Mandalorian that, you know, you wouldn't be getting so much Grogu anymore just because originally he wasn't supposed to be this big character. He just happened to blow up and everybody love him <laughs> which like why wouldn't you because look at him look at him <laughs> come on so obviously you got more of him and i thought after him giving up to luke him giving grogu up to luke i thought okay like you're 
we're gonna focus more on Din Djarin's story and yep. not so much Grogu. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I really didn't think he was going to pick being with Din. Eventually, you know, you find that out. But yeah, I mean, that whole episode really made me emotional. Just one, the story is beautiful, but just being a like a huge diehard Star Wars fan and just seeing all these callbacks and all this story being told and everything, it just it made me emotional and happy. And I just, it was a feeling that like when a new movie, a new Star Wars movie came out, or, <laughs> you know, watching, watching Star Wars for like the first time in a while, like maybe you haven't seen like, you know, like, Empire Strikes Back in a long time or New Hope in a long time and like you rewatching, you're like oh my god like this is what it's all about you know like this is <laughs> this is great and I just feel like it brought up emotions like that like it made me feel very rekindling with Star Wars like not like that ever faded but like it just really was great and just great to watch but it I made me forget that I was watching the book of Boba Fett Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. oh this is about Boba Fett? Oh, yeah. Boba, Boba Fett? Like, Boba Fett, where? Exactly, like, where is he? I think it made me emotional in the sense of how powerful the storytelling is. And I think that, for me, is what story is, the power of storytelling, because we care so deeply for these characters. And not just that, and not just old characters like Luke and Ahsoka, but now new characters, Grogu exactly. and Mando. I can be emotional because... They are no longer together. You know, they're separated, and it's for a reason. They chose yeah. to be separated. Grogu needs to train, and Mando needs to go his own way, and it's for Grogu's best interest. And that makes me sad. But then I'm also sad just to think of everything Luke has been through, everything Ahsoka has been through. Oh, my God. And for the way that Ahsoka must have felt standing next to Luke or just being in contact with Luke, knowing his father and knowing yeah. the closeness they had and the relationship they had and mm -hmm. the deep sadness she had for everything that happened with Anakin. I mean, the storytelling and how deep and far back those characters alone go is something to make me emotional. But now even new characters we've only had for a few years I are still such powerful and beloved characters. It's, it's amazing. It was really, a really an emotional episode. And speaking of characters, let's just say, okay, so <laughs> bring back my boy Cobb Vanth. Ecstatic. I was losing it. I'm like, yes. The whole season, I was just like, you know what? I just want to see Cobb Vanth. Like, I think it makes sense for him to be there. You know, like, same time period. They know each other or whatever. I think it makes sense. And, you know, you see Cobb and they got a little pikes, a little spice running going on, and he stops it. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, Cobb and what could be better than Cobb and right? And all of a sudden, you see this figure in a distance. And I was like, what, who is that? Well, first, you get Din warning him about the pikes and wanting him to help out and everything. So you get that and he's just like, eh, you know, maybe whatever. Din leaves and then all of a sudden. This figure in the distance for the split second that it took to register, it's like, oh, oh, you know, whatever. Who is this person? For those who know, and there are a lot of you out there, when you see that long coat and the silhouette of that hat brim, yeah, that's so Out wet. of my chair. So Out of my chair. Was not expecting Cad Bane. I was screaming. And I couldn't believe it. I haven't been that shocked and like stopped in my tracks shocked in I don't know how long over something. So Cad mm -hmm. Bane had me ecstatic out of my chair. Were you were you more ecstatic about seeing Luke in The Mandalorian or Cad Bane? Cad Bane. Cad Bane. I agree. There, there was definitely speculation for Luke. Everybody was thinking, yeah. oh, it could be, um, yeah. it could be Ezra, it could be... Once, yeah, once they mentioned Jedi, it could be like, Luke. Oh, that's it very be, possible. You know, so when we got Luke, amazing, awesome, a very emotional, great surprise. Mm -hmm. 
but there was speculation. Exactly. Where was I expecting Cat Bane? It could have been on the list. We could have put it on the Boba Fett bingo card. Could have been. You know, their their paths have definitely crossed, and he's a big part of Boba Fett's story, but they didn't have any hints or anything really mentioning him. Like, he just kind of came out of nowhere, and the way he was introduced, where he's so far away, and you see him getting closer and closer, and Cobb is just standing there, and he's, like, telling everyone to go inside and stuff, and he's getting closer and closer, and then you see it start to pan up, like, you see his boots going all the way up, and you're like, and you know it's him. You know it's him. You know, once, like, you get to a point where it's close enough, and then they go to his face, and it's just... You're like, oh my god! Live action campaign. We were ecstatic just to get him in Bad Bats last year. Yeah. As a continued animation, him. Yep. But live action? No way. It, amazing. Filoni directed that episode. Yes. Correct? Like well, we, we should have expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Ahsoka, that's Filoni's baby. Cad Bane, Filoni's baby. So, if anyone's gonna do it, it's gonna be Filoni. And I was like. I think a lot of people were hoping for it, you know, especially like, oh, like Dave Filoni's doing this episode, like, right. like, Kevin, like, come on, like, give me something. Not I, I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was, there was part of me, I didn't want to get hopeful just because I feel like I would get let down. So I didn't want to like, be like, oh, like, I think Cad Bane was coming, but boy, when he did, I lost it. It was, it was unbelievable. And again, just more bringing in these characters that you see in the animated series and in other realms of Star Wars and just bring it in into the show. It's just unbelievable. It's just great. And it's just more Star Wars. And I love it. I, I back-to-back episodes made me lose my mind, you know? It's just, it's just the power that these characters hold that you wish you could see more of, but when are they ever going to bring him back? Like, when are they ever going to do anything with him? And then there he is. And then he shoots Cobb Vance. Yeah, and then he, shoot, <laughs> and then he shoots my guy. You know, I was like, it's like, all right, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. I guess. Him. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, it's a little funny. bittersweet there. Yeah. But you could expect that he was going to be back. Did you expect he was going to be back? I mean, for the finale. Cobb Um. After being shot. I was hoping, yeah, when when they went to help out, the villagers came to help out. I was hoping that he would, and I was just like, oh, like, I think maybe he'll be, like, he'll come randomly at the end of the fight or whatever. And going into that episode, you know, you get, he rallies up the troops, he gets Black, I keep freaking, Black Carasant. Black Carasantin. Black Carasantin, <laughs> I keep saying his name wrong, but he gets him, he gets Fennec, he gets those speeder bike crew with their shiny speeder bikes. I don't know their names. He gets, and the villagers, he gets everyone to, you know, have the showdown against the pikes and everything. And then they were kind of struggling. They have these huge droids that, with the shields, you oh, know, they kind of, they kind of reminded me of like the droidica. Like yeah. obviously slow and like, they don't, they're not the same style, but that, that shield that they Just have. call back to Clone Wars, but these ones were like. Huge. Huge. And moments. powerful. <laughs> it's just like, well, how are you, you know? Are you going to defeat them? You know what I mean? And then, so seeing all that and maybe Cobb Banth could have came back for that and he never did. I'm like, oh, man. I really was pulling for him. I, I thought, oh, yeah, maybe he got, like, shot in the shoulder. You know, I didn't think whatever. he was dead. I was hoping he wasn't dead. But, yeah, I definitely thought he would be coming back for that. And then, you know, it got to the point where um, Boba Fett was him and Mando were fighting and Boba Fett was like, I'm going to get back up. And then he flies away in a jetpack. It was like, Oh, like, maybe that could be Cobb Vanth? Like, mm-hmm. who, maybe, like... I thought Tusken Raiders, maybe. Yeah, Tusken Raiders, they're all know. dead, though, sorry. But yeah, so that's... <laughs> his whole tribe got wiped out. But, yeah, it was just, like, who could this backup even be? Like, who's left? You know what I'm saying? And then, like, all of a sudden, you hear, like, a roar. And you're like, what? I was like, no way. I heard the I had no guesses. So hearing that roar, I was like, no way. Yeah, because, like, you kind of forgot about the Rancor. Oh, yeah you forget about it but then all of a sudden it comes out like king kong style and it's just you never see a rancor like that like you never see it in action like that and it's just so exciting to see and it's just so powerful and strong and he's riding it you get the image of boba fett 
you get an image of Boba Fett riding a Rancor. Another thing that I never thought I would see. What's the animated Boba Fett? He's like riding another creature. Oh, that was that was like the Christmas special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that was like, that looked like a dinosaur with a yeah. long neck. Yeah, and they were like, you know what? Stick him on a Rancor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, everyone was saying that. Once he, once he got the Rancor, they're like, well, have him ride the Rancor. You know what I mean? And I didn't think they'd ever do it. And that they did amazing. it. And they did it. What a finale. Great fight sequence with mm -hmm. Mando and Boba Fett. Yeah. Really great. And I love seeing those two together. Like, just seeing two Mandalorian and, you know, a Mandalorian from everyone knows about and has been around for years. You know, everyone knows Boba Fett. And then, like, a new character that everyone fell in love with and, like, has such a strong bond with. And seeing, like, old and new come together and, like, fighting together. It's, it was, it's always fun to watch. It's always great. And, like, you saw it a little bit in Mandalorian, but, um, you know, seeing it in Boba Fett where it's Boba Fett's show and he was shining. And he, I think he really shined on the last episode, like, I think the riding the Rancor is enough for me. Like, was that was a, unbelievable. It's definitely so. a way to call back to the main character of the show. The main character. Let him shine in the finale. Let us, let us not forget. Show. Exactly. Let us not forget who show this is. And he was just like, he's like, everyone, like, just so you know, this is my show. This is my, this is my town. Like, oh, that was, that was unbelievable. That really was. I, I loved the last episode. I, I kind of wish that it felt a little short to me, kind of a little short to me. So I wish there was maybe a little bit of a bigger fight scene. Cause like the whole series is about like these pikes, like, you know, invading or whatever. So I kind of wish it seemed like more of a struggle, like more of a, a bigger battle. Cause then it would have give like how powerful the pikes are. And like, it's not just an easy thing to get rid of. So. It's hard to hard to go from the movies we're given, mm -hmm. and it's an entire like yeah, galactic it's a whole, war. <laughs> yeah, it's like a war versus the land dispute here in exactly. Mosesba. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how big they could have gone, but I guess it did feel a little short. But it was fun to see all the characters that were introduced and characters we already know all come together. I know uh, people were not a big fan of the little biker gang with the colorful bikes. Yeah. They were a little out of place visually on Tatooine, but I'm yeah. not hating on them. I thought they were a fun little addition. I I had high expectations with the first image in one of the trailers we got of the girl on the bike because I thought she looked really neat. Oh, with the mullet? Yeah, and then it turned yeah. out to not be the greatest of characters, but I thought they were a fun little addition. Why not? Yeah, they just kind of seemed like a little out of place for me. and. Every now and then, like, watching, you know, The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett, there'd be, like, little things that were just like, oh, that doesn't really seem like Star Wars. But, like, who am I to say? You know, it's just what I'm used to and what I'm used to watching. But, yeah, I mean, that whole speeder bike game with their shiny <laughs> speeder bikes, I just, it didn't really seem like they belonged in the Star Wars universe. But it didn't bother me to a point where I was, like, too turned off from it. But I, you know, maybe some people liked it. I, I personally wasn't a fan of it, but it didn't bother me too much. But then, like, you know, talking about whether Cobb Banth would come back, if you stayed and watched the end credits, you see him in the back to tank. And that gave me hope that we're going <laughs> to see more Cobb Banth. Because why else would they have that end credit of him, you know, being alive? And then he's getting, and then he's getting work done. So I guess he's going to be like, cybernetic like half machine you know whatever or you got a nice cameo from thundercat he's this cool <laughs> this cool guy who does parts on people and stuff so that that was really fun to see too like even him uh fixing fennec in that uh the past episode like how she got saved so that was cool seeing that aspect and um yeah you see them at the end and it's promising to see more Cobb Vanth, which i always love but yeah i mean the season, it felt short only because, to me, it felt short only because it's supposed to be about Boba Fett, but we got two big episodes that were just Mandalorian. So I felt like the story was pretty short, in my opinion, but it was seven episodes, so I guess it's long enough. 
But I mean, what did what were your biggest takeaways from the season? What what were your biggest highlights and what were the things that you might have wanted to change or you didn't agree with or maybe you didn't like so much? I don't I don't know if there's anything really big that I would change or that I didn't agree with. Um I can't imagine them doing a second season and if they do you know what what could they do with it uh, I always was under the impression that this was going to be a mini series or like a standalone series so if they do a second one um, I'll go into it with the same kind of low expectations I had of this first one I was pleasantly surprised by the entire series. So I think I had more positive things than negative things to say because um, I really had a, bl a blank page for them to work with. And I really loved the callbacks to uh, the Sarlacc pit. I think just g getting his whole story from then until present day of the show was really exciting. I, I like to fill in the gap of uh, of that era. So I really enjoyed that. I like all the little Easter eggs, the multi sleeve. We got a little BD unit that for a hot second thought was BD1, which was really cool. Um, I really like the baby Rancor. And I feel like the little things, not so much the grand scheme and big picture of the, of the show. I like all the small little details of it. Yeah, going into the series, I agree with you. I didn't know it was going to be um, seven episodes. I thought it would be a shorter, like, couple of episodes, just, like, whatever, because no one was expecting this show to begin with, and going into it, I, I, I literally had no idea what it could even really, what they could do. Like, I, I didn't know where they were going to go with it, so I, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't have anything that I truly wanted to see. I mean, there were some things that when I think of Boba Fett and I want to know more of, like, I want to, I want to see maybe when they did his flashbacks, like they showed him at Camino or Geonosis, maybe it would have been cool to see flashbacks of him being like a teenager and growing up and like being a young bounty hunter, you know, seeing flashbacks of that. and Maybe like a little flashback of him and Cad Bane when they were both younger. So I think that would have been cool to see like as I was watching the series and it progressed and I knew they were doing flashbacks and I guess taking away from the whole show and what I wanted more of was Boba Fett that's what I wanted more of but other than that I didn't I didn't have any complaints and it always it always it doesn't shock me because you're always going to get people that aren't going to enjoy things from Star Wars, like, it's never going to be good enough. It's never going to be perfect for everybody. And that's just the way it is. Like, the only thing that universally is beloved and agreed on is John Williams. <laughs> so <laughs> other, other than that, like, it doesn't shock me that people complain about things, but a lot of great things came out of this. And really, I kind of viewed it as a little more of storytelling and a little more of opening the story in the horizon of the Mandalorian. Like, I, that, that's how I view this series. Because, like, Boba Fett's had his time, you know? Like, I didn't feel like they could do that much. And it made sense that they brought Mando in. And I'm not mad about it. Like, it's Boba's show, but whatever. But I think this series was more of expanding the story of the Mandalorian. And it, it brought a lot of great things, in my opinion like the flashbacks and the little callbacks and hinting at Mandalore and seeing more Darksaber and seeing Grogu and his path and Luke and Ahsoka and the training and his new ship and everything like the Rancor yeah all that like I, a lot of great stuff came out of this and like you said it was a lot of like smaller things that didn't affect the storyline too much but there's just small things that like they added into it and like callbacks and people that they introduced and stuff you know Cad Bane like <laughs> even though he didn't last too long we saw his tragic end and you're like wow like we saw we saw Cad Bane dying you know like that's pretty big 
that I think that's huge. You know, that's that's literally the end of his story. So a lot of great stuff came out of it. And overall, like every episode I enjoyed. There wasn't really an episode where I was bored or I was just like this, you know, this doesn't even fit or make sense or why is this even there? So overall, I really enjoyed it. And I say this all the time at the end of the day, it's more Star Wars and it's more Star Wars to love and enjoy. So yeah, that's just, that's my take on it. And that's what I get. It was definitely a lot to digest. That's why it's taken us a while to record this episode. It was a lot to think about and let resonate. And I'm glad that we were able to sit down and discuss this. We thank you guys for sitting in and listening to this episode. I'm glad that you're even here. So if you have any other words, we would love to continue to discuss the Boba Fett series. And we want to hear what you guys think about it. What were your guys' favorite parts? What are the things that you didn't like? Plenty of room for discourse. But we appreciate you guys being here and listening to us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you all. And uh, until next time. Bye. Bye.